Today is Monday, October 31st, and you're listening to the morning announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the morning announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. This past weekend would have felt right at home around January 2021. That is to say, it felt extremely out of control. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was attacked inside their San Francisco home at 2.30 a.m. on Friday morning. The Pelosi home had been specifically targeted by 42-year-old right-wing extremist David DePapi, and based on his social media posts, he was deep into things like 2020 election conspiracies, COVID disinformation, and hatred of the January 6th committee. Basically, he is like your average Republican lawmaker. The details of the attack continue to trickle out over the weekend. DePapi reportedly repeatedly asked, where's Nancy, while Paul Pelosi was able to call the police and subtly signal to the dispatcher that he was in danger. Police arrived on the scene almost immediately and said that when they entered, they saw DePapi trying to tie up Paul Pelosi until Nancy got home and said to the police something along the lines of, we are waiting for Nancy. While the police were already on the scene, DePapi attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. He then suffered a skull fracture and injuries to his arm and hands. He's now recovering after emergency surgery this weekend at Zuckerberg Hospital in San Francisco. I just felt like I had to include that dystopian detail. The facts are still coming out and continuing to be reported. And personally, I would pay to see a virtual reenactment video if anyone can make that happen. For instance, we now know that zip ties were also found on the scene, which tells me that this was just a normal tourist visit. DePapi was arrested immediately, and now he's been charged with attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, burglary, and elder abuse, among other things. But of course, the speaker's husband could not just have a regular near-death incident like a normal person and read his get-well cards in peace. Oh no. It was barely six hours before rumors started circulating on the right-wing internet that Paul Pelosi was actually caught in some sort of dispute with a potential love interest and that he already knew DePapi. They used the fact that Pelosi tried to speak in code to the 911 dispatcher and referred to him as a friend so as to not antagonize him. And rather than this rumor staying on 4chan where it belongs, Elon Musk replied to Hillary Clinton's tweet this weekend condemning the attack and said that there was a, quote, tiny possibility there may be more to this story than meets the eye. He also included a link to a conspiracy theory from an outlet that once claimed Hillary Clinton died six years ago and was replaced with a body double. So to clarify the story, on Sunday, police stated on the record that Paul Pelosi and his attacker did not know each other and that it was a break-in. And then Elon Musk pulled a tweet and delete with his stupid comment, though the damage has already been done. Which brings us to Twitter's first weekend under the thumb of the self-appointed chief twit. And then secondarily, the Saudis, who announced this weekend from the account of Prince Al-Walid that they are the second largest owner of Twitter following Musk's purchase. Yes, the Saudis, the famous beacons of free speech. And as for Musk himself, he spent this weekend in the replies of literally whomever, while seemingly ignoring the numerous issues with his fancy new toy. Within hours of the deal closing, tweets with racial slurs and misogynistic and LGBT harassment were reposted virally, because what fun would owning Twitter be for Elon if all his friends couldn't be there too? Also this weekend, Twitter officially lost its first advertiser. GM announced that they are temporarily suspending advertising on the platform. And despite Twitter's quick descent into diet parlor, 
Musk is already on the hook for more than $200 million that he is required to pay to the three executives who he spontaneously fired on Thursday night. He owes them partly in compensation for their stock, as well as a golden parachute compensation, a severance. But I'm sure it was worth it because he got a lot of retweets on his dick joke. And if you're not on Twitter to know what that means, that is about all that you're missing right now. Of course, all this is happening against the backdrop of early voting in the midterm elections. So far, 20 million people have already voted, according to data from the University of Florida's U.S. Elections Project. This is pacing faster than the 2018 midterms turnout, in states where similar data is available. This turnout is despite widespread attempts at voter intimidation and threats to election workers. So far, one in every three election workers has quit due to threats and fear for their safety, which is a problem not just because more poll workers are needed, but because it causes a huge brain drain in terms of people who are knowledgeable about how to run elections. Now officials are warning that the country faces a shortage of election workers. Yeah, no surprise. The only thing we don't have a shortage of here is guns. So you may be wondering how this is acceptable, and if anyone is doing anything about these voter intimidation issues. But all I have to offer is someone who's not doing anything about it. On Friday, a U.S. judge in Arizona declined to stop a group of people with tactical gear and firearms from monitoring ballot drop boxes in Phoenix, ruling that it would violate the Constitution and that there is no evidence that these people's conduct constitutes a true threat. I would love for them to define what does constitute a true threat. A recent study found that homicide is the leading cause of death among pregnant women and that women in the U.S. are more likely to be murdered while pregnant or postpartum than to die from the three leading pregnancy-related causes of maternal death. Most of these homicides are linked to intimate partner violence and gun violence, with firearms used in 70% of these cases. Ironic how that judge in Arizona said that that's not a true threat. But back to the study. It will come as no surprise that black women represent 40% of the cases studied, despite comprising only 14% of the population making them three times more likely to be killed by partners during or around pregnancy than white or Hispanic women. And just to give the full big picture on all this, according to the CDC, one in three women have reported experiencing intimate partner violence in their lifetime. And those are just the ones who report it. And finally, the Supreme Court is hearing challenges to affirmative action policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina this week. Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson is recusing herself from the Harvard case, since she was a student there. Clarence could take a hint from that, but that's about as likely as Kim Kardashian pulling a Mackenzie Scott with all of her money. Thank you for listening to The Morning Announcements. If you enjoyed this podcast and all the biased views shared here, you can help us grow by leaving a five-star rating on Spotify and a review on Apple. And of course, by telling your friends about it, especially the ones who want to keep up around the midterms. And if you want more news, check out our newly launched premium episodes. You can find them in your feed on Apple or by searching for Morning Announcements Extra Extra on Spotify. For this Friday's episode, I am doing a deep dive into the billionaires who are killing journalism for a whole range of reasons. In some cases, to settle petty personal feuds and in others, to undermine democracy worldwide and for profits, naturally. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.